Hey everyone, welcome to the Compass Podcast. I'm Whit Gibbs. My co-host on this show is Harry Sudak from Grid. And on today's show, I am joined by none other than Francis Suarez, mayor of the city of Miami. This man has become an absolute icon of the cryptocurrency scene uh, over the past few months as he has been tweeting bullish about Bitcoin and talking about making Miami a center for tech and innovation. I hope that you enjoy this episode. If you do, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on your preferred listening platform. It really helps out the show. The Compass Podcast is presented commercial free by Compass, the number one Bitcoin mining marketplace. If you want to get started mining Bitcoin, source hard to find ASICs or find competitively priced hosting space and check Compass out at compassmining.io. Hey everyone, welcome to the Compass Podcast. I am Whit Gibbs, aka the Bitcoin Broski, here today with a couple of very special guests. My guest host for today's show is Harry Sudak from Grid, and we are joined by none other than Mayor Francis Suarez from the city of Miami. Mayor Suarez, how are you? I'm great. Thank you guys for the opportunity to speak to you guys and your listeners. It's a great privilege. Hey, the pleasure is ours. Harry, how are you doing today, my man? I'm good. I'm uh, I'm a little jealous of that of that backdrop. The uh, the Miami weather looks good in in icy New York at this time. You know, it's funny. It's one of my uh, biggest selling points. I do this, and I have to show you guys real quick the uh, setup that I have here. Right. So this is my my studio, if you will. But uh, the, the backdrop is a legit real backdrop. So you know, most people have virtual backdrops, and uh, I just tell people, man, this is my my best selling point. This is my a real backdrop. You know, we, we found you as as many people this year have found you uh, on Twitter, which is, yeah. you know, both the the sort of the lion's den, but also where I think some of the most important, exciting conversations are happening. Um, you know, I was I, I say, you know, you know, privately that that sort of Twitter is what I wanted LinkedIn to be. Uh, I get all my business done there. Um, so can you can you tell us a little bit about sort of what it's like playing in the town square? Well, you know, it's interesting and I love the way you phrase it. It is definitely a, a dichotomy of sort of the lion's den and, and, and my, 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 my Mecca, my Sand Hill Road, you know? Um, so, you know, people often ask, particularly when you're growing an ecosystem like we are in Miami so rapidly, right from where we were to where we think we're going to be in the next few months and where we are right now, uh, you need that sort of 10x uh, ability to scale. And the only way that happens is if you can convert what is otherwise a capital need into a virtual need. Right. And so I think that's one of the things that we've done. And to your point, you know, pre the tweet. Right. Uh, I, I would say that uh, my Twitter, my own personal Twitter activity as a as a percentage of what we put on Twitter was minimal. You know what I mean? I would say it was probably 80 percent staff, you know, who, who was doing a great job. But we, we you know, we're very thoughtful, methodical about the posts things that we would do, we'd be very careful as most elected officials are most, most, most politicians. And then after the post, and, and then I would sprinkle every once in a while, my own sort of two cents on things. Um, after the tweet, you know, it set off sort of a, you know, a series of tweets, right? Cause I think I did about 800 in a three week period. And it, it, it allowed me to express myself. It, 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 it did exactly what you identified, Harry. It, it created this virtual office for me and it was a runway that from a com competition perspective was completely wide open. You know, when you're looking at tech, uh, tech companies, you're thinking about what is society missing? Where are the gaps in society, right? Uh, how can we create efficiencies that are people have missed? And I think what I've sort of realized is, wow, this runway is completely clear. There's nobody else doing this. And, you know, I think the, the, the fact that I put out a tweet that said, uh, essentially the companies come here, we want to help, we want to roll out the red carpet, 
it was so opposite to what people were hearing from public officials up until that moment that, uh, and then, and you combine that with the sort of, uh, you know, responsiveness, accessibility and genuineness of the tweets, because I was literally doing them like myself all day long, you know, blah, 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 sometimes till two o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, my wife is thinking, you know, well, what's wrong with this guy? So, uh, you know, I think, I think that opened up a portal for me that, uh, previously I had not dared cross that line of, 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 of being that spontaneous. Cause there's always obviously a tremendous amount of danger in that expressing my own personality, which is, um, also dangerous at times. Cause if you say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, um, or act too silly, you know what I mean? People are expect elective like, to be serious all the time. And, you know, oh, everything is about business and, you know, putting a meme that's funny on something. It's like, Oh my God, what is this guy a joke? You know, like this guy's not a serious guy. So I, 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 um, I took chances. I kind of expressed myself in things that I found funny and that I think were cool. And uh, so far I've been rewarded. So hopefully, hopefully I don't, I don't step on a landmine at any point going forward. To follow up on that, when it comes to the, the, the public facing side and everything that you're, you're doing to attract the, the tech companies on Twitter, that's one thing. How about behind the scenes? So what about when you're not on Twitter? What are the steps that you're taking within the city right now to uh, provide that supportive environment to tech companies that are either starting in Miami or moving from somewhere else to Miami. So when I'm not on Twitter, I'm thinking about being on Twitter. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, no, what, what really what we're doing is a series of things. One is uh, we're having these cafecito tech talks, which we ultimately do put on Twitter. So, that, that, you know, but what we're doing there is we're highlighting. So what happened is when I, when I, when I made that tweet and the subsequent tweets, it's like I went to a beehive and shook the beehive. And what I realized is we had a much more comprehensive uh, and deeper uh, ecosystem presently than I think anybody really realized. That was number one. Secondly, what I realized is we were not telling our story. You know, it was happening generically, but nobody was talking about it. And I think the tweet and the subsequent tweets created um, an environment where it was all people were talking about. So now we had, it's everything in life with the media. It's like, okay, now you're the focus, right? Here's the camera. Now you're the focus. And then the question is, how long are you the focus for it? Right. Because as we know, in the 24 hour news cycle, it's like, boom, 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 something happens. Everybody starts thinking about something else. So for me, one, being the focus and being able to tell our story and two, trying to maintain the focus as much as I possibly could became my objective. And then, of course, uh, the, the second piece of it is, OK, let's analyze. Let's do a deep dive on ourselves. Right. And let's let's look at where are we on talent? Where are we on um, on educational opportunities? Where are we on jobs? Where are we on um, a regulatory environment? Where are we on incentives, right? What are we doing on all those areas, which we know are the areas that attract companies? And so I think, you know, first I had to, some of it was just self-discovery, right? Things that were happening that I didn't even know were happening. For example, on the talent side, I found out, I, first thing I did was I created a mayor's technology working group. And the reason why was I said, I need to get an assessment of where we're at, you know, before I start, before I start telling people, how can I help? I need to know what, what are my tools to help people with? What, what, where can I where can I send people to? And one of the things I learned was that we graduate the most African-American and Hispanic engineers in the country. I didn't know that before. So part of it was I realized, yeah, we're creating talent and we're exporting a lot of talent. We're not telling that story. So employers uh, don't realize how much talent we're producing, right? Then, uh, you know, you, you look at the, the amount of talent that's left, like for example, Miamians that are working in New York, Silicon Valley, um, Washington, uh, Boston, right? In some of these major metropolis cities. And those people would love to come back home. You know what I mean? They were born here they were raised here. 
probably had to go to, you know, potentially had to go to school outside of Miami for whatever reason. And that's a very powerful thing because uh, in the Cuban culture, you know, having uh, your, your son or your grandson come back home um, who have left for many, many years, like a lot of immigrant cultures, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I think allows me to, for this message to penetrate uh, through different, uh, you know, uh, age groups of people and, 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 and makes it relevant uh, to different age groups. And on incentives, you know, I didn't realize that the Beacon Council had an incentive that if you invest more than $3 million and you create more than 10 jobs, uh, the county will waive up to 80% of your property taxes for a 10 year, up to a 10 year period. So if you, if you invest in an opportunity zone, right. And you uh, create a company, start a company, and then you take advantage of this program. I mean, in, if you sell it in 10 years, you pay no federal income tax on gain and you pay uh, 80, you know, your 80% reduction on your property taxes. Yeah. So, I mean, that is such a different dynamic than what's happening in other cities where you're getting taxed to death. Yeah. Um, so it's just such a big Delta. And I think getting that story out there is really what this is all about. So I can, uh, I'm, I'm in effect becoming now a college football recruiter, you know, <laughs> I want to, I want to highlight sort of what uh, a little bit of what, what I do um, and what WIT does as well. So we, sure. we at grid, we're industrial scale Bitcoin miners. So we really see ourselves as sitting on the, on the, um, the crossroads in between large scale energy infrastructure and utilities and high tech. So we build data centers, we bring you know, massive amounts of energy and computing power into the Bitcoin network to, to build its security, um, and we generate our revenues in Bitcoin. Some of the conversations we've had, you know, we, and we think of ourselves, you know, we build a portfolio of these sites, so there's gonna be, there's gonna be dozens of them. Right. Um, one of the things we think about very carefully is, is really about what can we do to have a positive impact on the communities that we operate in, and what that comes down to is how do we support local utilities and how do we help sort of future proof the electrical system right. um, while creating those, those same high tech jobs. So we think that the physical infrastructure blended with the high technology opportunity um, is exciting to us. I, I'd be curious, um, sort of, you know, yes, it's great to attract 100 software businesses. We'd love to we'd love to see what 10 infrastructure businesses that are also technology forward look like sort of within your frame. We love to have them. Um, obviously, uh, we were one of the areas that had one of the first data centers ever uh, in the network access point, uh, which was built by a company called Terramark. It was ultimately sold to Verizon for a billion two. It, it, this concept of cloud computing at the time was new. And obviously now it's become the standard essentially. And, and you know, and, and in terms of, of Bitcoin mining and, and cryptocurrencies generally, you know, we want to be, you know, extremely forward thinking on those things. You know, we want to be cutting edge. Um, and, you know, when you realize, when, again, going back to the piece of understanding the regulatory environment and you think about, uh, you know, when you think about Wyoming and Wisconsin and New York as, as states that have favorable crypto laws, there's no reason why Florida shouldn't be right there with it. You know, so that's one piece of it. I think the second piece of it is, um, in terms of energy infrastructure um, and energy resilient infrastructure, you know, we have to find ways and you're going to see this in your, um, in your, if you haven't already, you probably already have, you know, undergrounding is incredibly important. Um, it's important in Miami for hurricanes. Uh, it's going to be important in other places for other, you know, for other natural disasters. In California, you have earthquakes. You have, so hardening your infrastructure grid um, to deal with uh, climatic events, to deal with mother nature, for lack of a better phraseology, 
um, is going to be critical to our future functionality. I mean, the worst thing that could happen is if uh, an entire grid goes down and a, a whole community can't transfer Bitcoin. You know, imagine, you know what I mean? Because you can't compute the transactions, you can't mine the transactions and authenticate the transactions uh, because there's no electricity, there's no power in the area. Uh, you know, at least in, in, at least in, you know, this is one of the few advantages of, of, you know, of, of this, right. <laughs> no matter what happens with the power, you still have that. So, um, you know, and I do think we're going to a world where that will not exist, right. It's just not worth it. It's not, you know, there are right. some, uh, downside, but the, but they're minimal and the risks are minimal in comparison to the benefits. Uh, I do think we're going to go to a completely paperless society in the, in my lifetime. Um, and, and so, um, you know, I, I think you're headed in the right direction, by the way, I'd love to know more about it offline. I'd love to, to know more about your company and what you're doing, because, um, you know, maybe we can talk about some partnerships here in the city. I can get you connected with some people. Um, you know, the, the person who's, who, who created and sold that company, Terramark is a dear friend, Manny Medina. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Um, but, um, very, 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 very in, in, intelligent guy. Everyone told him he was nuts when he was doing it, when he was building that, that first uh, network access point. And they got one point, I don't know if the status is correct, but. Someone told me at one point seventy percent of the internet traffic flowed through wow. that nap, uh, which was wild years ago, um, yeah. decades ago. But uh, so, Mayor Suarez, I got to jump in because this is something you clearly you've been doing your homework on Bitcoin. Uh, you sound like you've been orange pilled already, but I understand that you've been getting in contact with quite a few other Bitcoiners recently. I think Pomp yeah. was down there recently. Um, oh, yeah. The Winklevoss right. twins. I had lunch with them on Saturday. Nice. So wh yeah. when I mean, when can we expect uh, expect to see some of you know some of Miami's treasury be uh, be converted to Bitcoin? <laughs> so I think the way we're going to do it, yeah, no, it's a legit question. I think the way we're going to do it is first, you know, I'm, you have to understand that I have councilmen, I have mm -hmm. a council. I don't, I'm not able to do things by executive fiat, sure, uh, on, on all things. Um, and so my councilmen, although they've been super supportive, I have to say they've been super supportive of this tech push. You know, some of them are, are 70 years old and uh, not that that means anything negative, but, and, and for example, one of them is an economist, so he, he should understand this and get it. And I, I have no reason to believe he won't, but I want to get, you know, I need to walk them through this. Right. Sure. But I think the first thing we're going to try to is, is um, payments, right. Of, of fees. So we're kind of sort of walk before we can run. Love it. And then, and then certainly uh, I think at some point, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be done, uh, after the fact, but it can be done at the same time as we got to look at our risk profile of what we can invest in because we have, regardless of the currency or regardless of the commodity, really, because it doesn't matter whether it's Bitcoin or sugar or whatever, whatever it is, uh, gold, uh, we have certain limitations on what, you know, our risk profile can be. Uh, and so we have to make sure that whatever we invest in uh, fits within those parameters. Because if we lose money, I got to pay, right? Yes. I got to, I got to pay one way or the other. So, uh, you know, I'm thinking also some creative things like, maybe raising the money, putting it in the treasury and then investing it, you know, so that it's not uh, directly, you know, taxpayer money per se, but I've raised the money. Um, so there, yeah, I'm thinking of a variety of things. Uh, it's probably like this year, I'll focus on the payments and maybe next year, maybe towards the end of the year, depending on how that goes, I'll focus on uh, the treasury aspect of it. Well, I can, I can tell you that, you know, we as, we as miners, because we are the natural generator of, of sort of the net new Bitcoins into the network, you know, we, we thought of some really creative ways to work closely with jurisdictions and closely with energy producers, which, you know, they energy producers toe the line between public and private all the time. 
and so and so I think there's there's interesting stuff there to think about creatively. I'll tell you a couple of things. One is I'd love to connect you with our our utility company, which is FPNL Florida Power and Light, that are part of uh, Nextera. Um, it'd be fascinating to to see a conversation between you guys and them. Uh, they need to spec out and understand what their energy demands are going to be going forward. Obviously, in South Florida, most of their power is nuclear generated. Um, so that's uh, interesting, right? In terms of, but there is a distribution concern, right? Which is, we, we did a deal with them to underground the, one of the main transition lines, which I think was important because that's like our spine, right? And, and having a strong spine, but the, the tentacles, the fingers, the phalanges, you know, they have to be, um, fortified as well. Um, and, and I think what's interesting about, about what you're doing and for, from their perspective is it might end up saving them. And I'll tell you why, because I think in, in, for home power, we're probably going to end up going at least in Miami to a solar model soon. Um, so you're, you're going to, you know, to power home, right. The lights, right. the air conditioning and all that, you're probably with battery and, 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 and solar will have enough power to do that. But to do the kind of computing that you're talking about, right. Which is basically powering all the transactions of the world. That's a separate, you know, desegregated, but unified, uh, because they're drawn a data center. So it's desegregated because there's multiple data centers, but right. it's segregated in a data center. Um, uh, it's a situation that needs a tremendous amount of power, tremendous amount of electricity, far more than any other building that we have uh, currently, because it's essentially a big energy suck, right? I mean, it's just yep. a bunch of machines working and you need to stay, you need to stay cool and, and just constantly computing all day long. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's the epitome of just constant energy. I want to add two things to that, that, that other, not all Bitcoin miners are created equal, you know, to, which is, which is fair. But That's one of the things that we're, that we do and that we've done to, to, to solve exactly the problems that you're, that you're describing around sort of base load and peak load right. is we can curtail. So we work incredibly closely with the energy generation partners. And when they tell us they need two megawatts back, five megawatts back, great, we'll turn them down. We'll give that power right back. Yeah. And so we, we become sort of a, a flexible extension of utility where they don't have to leave revenue on the table, but no they don't have to commit to capacity. But at the end of the day, that's not going to be the future. The future is going to be, you're never going to want to slow down. Right. You know what I mean? Because you're, 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 you're too much depends on, it. you know what I mean? And, and sure, look, I mean, when, when the world is sleeping, when a part of the world is sleeping, you're sleeping, your, your transactional volume is going to go down significant, you know, but which is the same thing as an energy demand generally, sure. right? Mm -hmm. So, so, I mean, you're just going to have to find ways eventually to also be able to price store some energy, you know, in the long, long term and, and be yeah. able to store energy in the, in the peak hours, you know, generate energy in the peak hours that you store for the, you know, the non-peak hours that you store for the peak hours. So, I mean, there, and I'm sure there's a bunch of creative ways to do it, but you, be, I mean, you may or may not be so surprised by how sophisticated these companies are. I mean, we take for granted the fact that every time we toggle the switch, the light turns the light on, comes on, you know what I mean? I mean, that's yeah. Cute. That's a big deal. It is. And, you know, we often complain about our energy bills in, in Florida. It's actually there because they're nuclear generated, at least in South Florida, they're pretty reasonable, pretty expensive, considering the fact that we're running AC all day. All day. Even in the I mean, yeah. even in the winter. So, yeah. um, you know, it's, 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 it's an interesting phenomenon. Absolutely. I love it. We, we love nuclear. We think, we think that it's, you know, it's some of the most exciting stuff out there. And, and I, I, I love, I love how much homework you've done on this. You're, you know, you're coming to it with, with more information than many dad's of these uh, energy firms. Yeah. My dad's a mechanical engineer and I'm a finance guy. So <laughs> it's like the, the best of both worlds right there. 
Well, look, Mayor Suarez, I know that, um, look, I'm very happy that we were able to have you uh, for any amount of time to, to be able to chat today. Uh, and as we wrap things up, I'd love to get uh, just final thoughts. If there's anybody listening out there that's considering Miami, what's the, uh, what do you got to say to push them over the edge? No, my final thoughts is we want to be the most cutting edge city on the planet. We, we believe the critical mass is already here. I'm telling that story. And then I would say the second piece is there's going to be something radically different in Miami than I think in any place, even in the established places right now, which is what you're seeing is a, a migration from both New York and from Silicon Valley. So New York is traditionally banking, finance, hedge funds, PEs, you know, private yeah. equity, uh, that kind of stuff. And obviously Silicon Valley is mostly founders, angels, VCs, et cetera. I don't think there's ever really been a place where both converge. True. Right. So now you're going to have this cross pollination of guys that invest in companies and invest in real estate uh, and invest in stocks that are looking at uh, startup companies and companies that change the way we do do things. And I think that that, that massive infl influx of capital um, and, and intellectual capital, as well as as, as financial capital. Uh, is, is really going to create a mix that we've never seen before. And I, I, I firmly believe in my heart that Miami will be in the next five, 10 years, potentially the most important city on the planet, um, uh, just because of our geoposition, our diversity, um, and all these things, these, these confluence of factors coming together. And of course, if other cities don't get the memo and don't start you know, uh, making some significant changes, which by the way, is going to be very difficult for them to do because it's really difficult to unwind the size of government. Mm -hmm. And to undo some of the tax uh, things that have been done, it's just, yeah. just hard to do it. I've been in government 11 years. I'm telling you, it's hard to do. Um, there's, there's, and there's legal reasons and there's, there's, there's structural reasons why it's hard to do. Um, so, I, you know, I think the future is extremely bright. I'm, I'm as bullish about Miami as I am about Bitcoin and mining. <laughs> one last thing I'll say is, you know, one of the things that's hard, as you guys can imagine, we're, you know, Bitcoin was at 41,000, dipped to 36,000 in, you know, a matter of two days. So that, that kind of, that kind of, um, uh, volatility makes it a little bit difficult, uh, you know, to, to pitch it as an investment. But uh, I believe that that its long-term horizon is totally positive. Um, I think the only threat to it is is some sort of a Fed coin or some, something that could, uh, in theory, uh, disrupt uh, what is otherwise an, an unchangeable money supply, uh, you know, and, and which I think is extremely attractive because you don't sure. have government intervention and, and your, 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 your currency should uh, appreciate and should uh, be stable over time, right? As, as it becomes more mainstream. So, you know, I'm not telling you guys anything you guys don't already know, but that's, uh, that's my, 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 my elevator pitch. It's awesome. Well, Mayor Suarez, thank you so much for coming on the show. Harry, thanks for joining me today. Thank you both. I just continue the conversation uh, because I really want to know more about what you're doing, Harry. I, things have been crazy. So give me a little, little bit of time uh, to sort of get through the, you know, the craziness of the beginning of the year. And then, uh, and then let's connect. Cause I really, really want to want to hear about what you're doing. I would love to share it. We, we love, we love when we get to bring sort of this sort of extra special sauce to new places. And by the way, we'd love to have your headquarters here. So, <laughs> so, so our, our founder, you're competing with Cincinnati, Ohio. So come on, Cranley, Mayor Cranley, come on, give me a break. Uh, <laughs> Cranley, he's a good guy. He's Harvard guy, smart guy, but come on. You know, I'm going to be the president of U.S. Conference of Mayors. You know, give me a break. <laughs> well, to, the listener, to the listeners of the Compass Podcast, I hope you guys have enjoyed the show. Thank you for tuning in. And we'll talk to you all again very soon. Awesome, guys. That's a wrap for us at the Compass Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please subscribe and consider leaving us a five-star review on your preferred listening platform. Thanks again, everyone.
The thoughts and opinions expressed by the hosts and guests on the Compass Podcast are their own and do not represent the opinions of Compass Mining, Inc. None of this content should be considered financial advice.